This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. When a mass shooting occurs, media coverage is certain to follow. But recent research says extensive media coverage of the killers may actually encourage others to kill. The shooters themselves are covered two times more often than the victims. So we believe that there is plenty of story to cover without having to focus on the specific shooter. Then, Americans toss out billions of pounds of food each year. Yet many consumers are unaware of the impact food waste has. Just a little over half of consumers said that yes, they had heard about it, which suggests that nearly a majority of Americans still are unaware of food waste as an emerging issue. Those two stories and more are coming your way on this week's show. Stay tuned. InfoTrack begins right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. Mass shootings occur without warning, and saturation media coverage of the events is sure to follow. Do the media profiles of mass killers encourage others to kill? InfoTrack's Roy Mackey is here with the story. Roy? Thanks, Chris. Our guest is Dr. Jennifer Johnston. She's an assistant professor of psychology at Western New Mexico University, and she recently led a study that examined the role that media coverage may have in the increasing rate of mass shootings in the U.S. Let's start with the problem at large. It certainly seems that mass shootings really are on the rise, but is that merely because they're getting more attention with all the 24-hour news channels and the tidal wave of online news sources today? No, we don't think it's due to that. When we look at actual data that's compiled by the FBI and put together with a research team in Texas, Alert, they catalog all active shooter events. They began tracking from 2000 to 2015. And so this includes attempts at mass shootings, not just mass shootings that have three or more kills, which used to be the old rubric for deciding if it was a mass shooting. And those types of shootings, either attempts at them or completions of the shootings, have increased about threefold since the year 2000. And in your study, did you distinguish between conventional mass shootings and acts of terrorism? Yes. So we do not include acts of terrorism in this data. We're still determining whether the two types of shooters have enough overlap to be looked at collectively. But at this point, we believe they are separately motivated. So active shooters, we are not including people that have a very clear political or religious agenda, as far as we can tell, you know, from the information we have about the shooter. So tell us what your study determined as far as how the media may affect the number of mass shootings that occur. Well, given that there has been this rise and other single homicides are in fact in a decline and have been for a couple of decades, that's curious in and of itself. What we needed to do was figure out, is it possible that the profile of the shooters have any overlap, that are shooters claiming that fame is something they want out of this experience? And many different assessors and psychologists who have looked at mass shooters have found that there is a connection of fame-seeking, notoriety-seeking. So that's one aspect that clued us into this possibility. Now, it's not generally the primary motive, but it's sometimes listed in their top three, or some shooters say that it is their primary motive to achieve things. 
obviously some form of mental illness must be a factor, but otherwise, what are the common denominators, the most common characteristics among these mass killers? Of course, viewing information about mass shooters doesn't affect the general public, but we think that a certain kind of person with certain background and characteristics is most affected by seeing this in the media and seeing the possibility of fame for themselves, like previous mass shooters. So the three primary traits that we've identified are depression, social isolation, and narcissism. The third possibly being the most strange and critical in that if someone is narcissistic as well, that they believe that they've been wronged by whatever group or society or their life situation, but they tend to feel it's not their fault, that others are to blame, and they want to reclaim their dominance again, or what they might see as their entitled, rightful place in society. And they're willing to take that dominance back through violence and possibly notoriety. Yes, of course, the media coverage is not the only issue. And even if we're able to rectify that, this problem won't completely go away. You know, But we estimate from our contagion models that we might see a one-third reduction, though, a fairly significant reduction, just from the media implementing a don't-name-them campaign. Our guest on InfoTrack is Dr. Jennifer Johnston. She's an assistant professor of psychology at Western New Mexico University, and she recently led a study that examined the role that the media may play in fueling the increase in mass shootings across the country. So what are your suggestions for how to change media coverage of these events, and do you think the media could ever be convinced to do that? Well, we hope so. I have to say I have had many, many interviews in the last week or so, and I do think there's interesting curiosity about this. And concerned that media are not, you know, heartless individuals and journalists don't have an agenda to make a problem worse. But inadvertently, it's possible that that's happening. So we advocate following the Don't Name Them campaign. And it's fairly clear. People can look into that or look at that. But the idea is that we suggest that news media does not cover the name of the shooter, show imagery of their face talk very much about history, interests, weapon choice, or goodness, if they provide a manifesto or something, do not share that kind of writing with the public because it creates a person that a potential would-be shooter may identify with. And the more they get to know them and think about them, they may want to either do a copycat killing or simply be influenced that I could be like that too. I can relate to this person. So that's what we recommend is that you can cover all other aspects of the incident, especially focusing on victims, because that's another finding that was disturbing by a content analysis of actual news coverage is that the shooters themselves are covered often two times more often than the victims. So, for example, headlines in newspapers are referring to shooters two times more often than they are referring to victims. Hmm. So we believe that there is plenty of story to cover without having to focus on the specific shooter in any way. And we want to avoid planting the seed in the mind of a would-be killer. It's a great idea, but there's, of course, money and ratings and competition involved in the news business. And all it takes is one media source among the thousands out there to disclose information about the shooter. And then that competitive nature of the news business makes all the others follow suit, doesn't it? Well, I don't know if it makes sense, but there is a choice to follow suit. And I understand to get that scoop, let's say. We do know that there will always be some kind of elite. One of the media scholars is appropriately noted that if you have to dig around for the information, that's very different than having it kind of a covered split with this person's name and face everywhere all the time. It's very telling that sometimes at the end of conferences or talks that any of us give, if you show a picture of 
a victim, no one in the room knows who it is, and you ask them, well, you, you must have seen and heard of this person. They don't. Then you flash the picture of the killer, and everyone knows exactly who that is, and mm. plenty of detail about their lives. And so it, it ends up sitting uncomfortably and disturbing that we would know, you know, the killers more than the victims. And so I do think that, yes, you can go searching for that information. Of course, that information is out there. It eventually becomes public record. It's important information for law enforcement to use to be able to put together strategies of prevention and intervention, but it's not necessary, most likely, for the public to move forward and help their communities or do what they need to do. We touched on terrorism a moment ago. Do you think that these sorts of guidelines would not necessarily apply? Because it seems like many times they're seeking the greatest notoriety, the greatest splash in the headlines Mm -hmm. that they can get. We are hearing that, that more terrorists are referencing their hopes to be known throughout the world for what they've done. My understanding is that it is becoming a little more common, but that wasn't traditionally the case. They kind of went out in an anonymous sort of suicide style. So we don't know if terrorists are starting to take on this same kind of desire. What we do know is that many terrorists are equally depressed, isolated, and suicidal as are our rampage shooters. So it's possible that there are some similar motives there. So what would it take, what would the tipping point be to get this whole media campaign turned around? Would it take maybe one organization, like, for example, the New York Times or Fox News, to publicly announce we're no longer going to do this, or would it take much more than that? I think that it's going to take more than that. I think it can't be a flash in the pan, and it needs to be many, many news organizations talking about this and kind of testing it out. I think that the way that your media is so interactive nowadays and you get instant feedback from readers and viewers and listeners who will probably reinforce to the media that this is what they want. So I do think it's going to have to be collective. We hope that maybe a similar situation will occur as did in the mid-90s when we determined that suicide was contagious as well. And the CDC issued a statement from their panel of experts about how contagious it was and what the media could do. And the media voluntarily chose to stop reporting the names of especially celebrity suicides, but also delaying details of suicides until a later time when it wasn't so contagious. So we know that it can be done, and we think that this could move into that realm of just a shift in how the reporting is done, a collective agreement, occasional leaks being ignored, and we move on from them. Dr. Jennifer Johnson, Assistant Professor of Psychology at Western New Mexico University. Is there someplace online where people can learn more about this effort? Yes, com. It's law enforcement training and information, but also anyone can look at the data, look at the patterns and trends. You can also access my study online through APA.org. All right, well, thank you again for joining us on InfoTrack. You're welcome. And for InfoTrack... I'm Roy Mackey. Next, Americans throw away lots of food. How much? The answer will astound you. Coming up. Stick around. There's more InfoTrack straight ahead.